Hey, everybody. Josh Sheridan here, the Barely Legal Podcast. They demand my alter ego, but I won't go. I'm honored today to have Scott. Do you call yourself Scott LaVon? Well, no, you don't call yourself. Do people call you Scott LaVon Miller, or is that just how you put yourself on social media? The, the, uh, they do, and I did, and I have to always correct them that it's Scott LaVan. LaVan. LaVan oh, well, Miller. At least I fucked it up the same way everybody does. The way everyone well, does. Well, that's I don't feel so bad. Yeah, um, no, I don't. I, it's a There's a lot of Scott Miller's super-duper common yeah. name. I can tell you stories about that, but um, – Oh, I'm sure you get shit from oh. – it goes all the way back to I've got like Polaroids of of people undressed the, girlfriend sending something to the boyfriend in my apartment complex because there was another Scott Miller there. So it's got, so it's a hit or miss. I mean, there's, it, there's I've got lot. I've had bad um, uh, results read to me in a doctor's office for a different Scott Miller. Ugh. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so so anyhow, online, yeah, I, I throw in the middle name. Well, I, it's a cool middle name. It reminds me who's the guy. I'm trying to think who the – it's like a Satanist guy. Um, <laughs> LaFay. 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 Someone else has made this connection oh, okay. before. I, I, every time I see it, that's what it, I think of. Well, who's that? LaVey. Anton LaVey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't yeah. he like a head of a Satan worshiping? Yeah, I think it was NoWiki that made that connection. First, that would so. be a connection then. <laughs> You've just surrounded yourself with a – well, I guess each of for each of you that's true. John, Owen, you – I mean, mm-hmm. you – you are an eclectic, eclectic crew, but you're all eclectic. It's not like there's a straight man and the rest are just not, not weird. Not um, um, yeah. I, I think, I think I interviewed Owen first. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, you don't want to talk to me. You want to talk to John. John's the, John's the genius oh, of yeah. it. Oh yeah. And then I talked to John and John's like, there's only one person that I'd let play drums for me. And, so like all of you like are at a, oh, shit. I got to go home and practice. Yeah, say something like that. I got to get better. You got well. You guys got a show. <laughs> you, you guys got shows coming up, right? Uh, holy terror! You have so many bands between you guys. I can't keep track of what's. I know there's a poetry and lotion album that's coming out. The covers album, right? right. And that's you're not in that band, but right. you're like in three other bands of them. Correct. So anyway, well, I, as per usual, I start at the end, and I need to like <laughs> reel myself in. So today's your birthday. It is. Happy birthday. Thank you. 53 years old. I hope you don't mind me saying yeah. you put it on Facebook. Hell so yeah. yeah. Was, was 50 like life shattering or was it just a Thursday for you? Was it? Um, it, it wasn't as big a deal as probably like 46 was because like a lot of shit happened in 46 that where you're like, oh, okay. To you or the people around you or me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like some health stuff and. Back surgery. Your balls start hitting the water when you sit on the toilet. It was more like 42. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, are you a Florida guy originally? I saw, I saw Pensacola on your, your social media. So I didn't know if that was it or no. Yeah. Born and raised Pensacola in Tampa the last 32 years, 33 years now. All right. And, uh, so Miller, are you just a a, a waspy Englishman or what's your, what's your 100%? Yeah. Have you done the DNA deal? Totally. Is it all just like, the corner of it is a straight line to England yeah. and Ireland, but but mostly England. On my mom and dad's side, there is no variation. It just were they Florida folks, or did they meet somewhere no, else? No, they're Georgia. Um, so you got some Bible Belt in you. I'm a hundred percent Bible Belt okay. for hundreds of years. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, were you brought up in that as far as Baptist or fundamentalist? Baptist, or, okay. Not just Baptist, dude. Southern you, Baptist. Yeah, you, you, got the, <laughs> you got the extra helping. I got, <laughs> I got the fire and the brimstone. That's yeah. awesome. But do you know what's great about that for me, especially in the music world, is some of the most amazing music derivates from – derivates derives from that. You know, uh, there's you got to have some fire and brimstone in your music. Yeah, unfortunately, I was not at that Southern Baptist Church. I was at the more very weepy white yeah. Southern Baptist Church, and there's still music from there that I that I like. Just sure, it's good melodies, yeah, good music, it's strong stuff. But yeah, you know, I tell people all the time, if I probably if I'd grown up in like a uh, an African American church, with you know, where the music is good and you feel it. I'd probably still be going to church. But there's people, I think it's like Father John Misty. There's other people who come from these like super fundamentalist families where it was like they weren't allowed to listen to Bob Dylan. And then it kind of, they went the other way once they kind of got away from that. You know, it was kind of a, a, a answer to being suppressed, their their access to art or their ability to do art. So I, I think it can go both ways. Our church just had especially shitty music. Uh. It, just was, <laughs> it was like the 80s with, you know, a lot of backing tracks on tape and, yeah. and a 14-year-old girl trying to sing to it that sometimes was good and sometimes wasn't. And, you know, we, we, it was so – we didn't clap. Right, right. Uh, siblings? Uh, two sisters, older and younger. How much older? How much younger? Uh, about three years older. And so having an older sister as a guy seems like it's a a big a big win because they have the sleepovers. They know you as a cute <laughs> little brother. Um, any of that going on? No, no. We we um no. She was the 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 best thing from that era. Two things. Uh, one, she was cool enough to let me sneak in back into the house through her room, which oh, was nice. the furthest from my parents. Yeah. So I could be undetected. Nice. Uh, she worked with me on that. I'll never forget it. Were you a hellion? Yeah. Where, where are you? Cause yeah. you're kind of low key now, but there was a, there was a wilder days. Yeah. Yeah. Was, what was, what was your choice? What was it just? Um, the, you know, I think the, the thing that in enough times past, I could talk about it and nobody could, prove, nobody you. could prove hey, you've got a good attorney that it was fine. me yeah. Or, yeah. or where exactly where, but there was a lot of vandalism. Yeah. In my in late Pensacola? It, yeah. It was like Circle K blowing up the Dollar General. No, or? like using cars oh, okay. to run down mailboxes and drive through people's yards and do donuts and mm-hmm. hit other things with a car. We bought a car once specifically to just do bad stuff with. That's badass. 73 Buick LeSabre. That's a nice car to do damage with. With a 350 in it. and It's like a Lanyard. Now, wait a second. What's the car on the Rototiller cover? That is uh, Jake Trimper's El Camino. Oh, okay. Okay. I was wondering if it's there was badass, some, like a 454 in some it. significance there. All right. So what about music in the household? Did your older sister, younger sister have tastes that you shared? Did your parents listen to it? What was that would be the second. So there were two things from my older sister. Okay. Uh, that one's letting me sneak in. The other uh, was that's where I discovered everything. Okay. She just happened to be at the right age. She doesn't listen to any of that stuff now. Yeah. But she so had like new wave punk New York scene like talking heads. Um, well, for me, because I'm 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 a pretty true tried and true hard rock guy first before any. Are uh, you? Uh, I don't oh, know that yeah. I knew that. Well, good. Oh yeah, and so she had she had Van Halen one on eight track 
and that changed my life. You know, she had women and children first on eight track and she had like Zeppelin four on right. vinyl. Right. That was my starter kid and maybe queen the game on eight track. That, and you became a drummer. That was my starter kit. Yeah, actually, well, you her, play guitar though. Too. Her, I mean, you play everything, don't you? Yeah, but um, I didn't buy a guitar until I was thirty-five ish. Oh, okay. So, what was your first instrument? Oh, drums. And was it that far back, or did that come a little bit later? Um, no, that that like within a few years of just you know getting turned on and playing. You know, Zeppelin backwards and trying to you I always know, equate, get freaked out. I always equate drummers and bassists to relief pitchers and punters because they have a longevity and everybody needs them. So you can, you can yeah. always – someone's going to need you somewhere and you can do it, you know, forever, I guess. I mean, drumming, I guess, at a certain point might take its toll. But uh, yeah. it's like a utility that is so rare in that – you know, there's a million guitarists, anybody's wanting to sing, but if you can find a good drummer, find a good bassist, then you're cooking. Yeah. I think um, bass number one. Ah, uh, no, I take that back. Actually, I think drums are the hardest to fill to my liking. Which is strange because, and I, I don't think it's true, but people genuinely think the bass is the easiest instrument to play, which mm-hmm. I, I think is not true, but not people true. think it's true. Um, yeah, drums are crazy. And I, and I have, I have this fast, I, I can't play drums at all, but I have this fascination with drums and I always talk about it with drummers here. Um, I, uh, started listening to this podcast that, um, all it is is drummers. And, uh, are you okay? I just realized I can move right here and yeah. get you around this microphone. Do you want to look at my face? I mean, you really don't, I'm not going to force you <laughs> I was, to. You know, I was peeking at you through the yeah, little opening. I have, <laughs> I put so much stuff in here to distract you from looking at me for that express reason. Sorry. But, uh, no, no, no. So, uh, this Crash Bang Boom podcast, it's all metal and hardcore drummers and all they do is talk about drumming and it's so crazy to me and I love it. And it's everything about, symbol height and distance between your toms and you know do you use one pedal or two pedals on your kick drum and how high do you put your seat and what sort of breathing methods do you use and what are your rudiments and what are all this other stuff and it's such a crazy science and art that is so different from every other thing you know like and it's funny because i've had a some decent drummers in here and I'll ask people how they write their music or how they remember their music. And I almost never get the same answer twice. It's like, you know, one guy's like, well, I named this part this and I just put that name times three. And then I named this part that, or other people get a little bit more technical to it, but it, it's so interesting to me. I, I really do dig it. And it's so different from, cause I have a, a very fundamental understanding of guitar and bass, but mm-hmm. drums just mystify me, but I think they're super cool. It goes that way. Yeah. You know, and, and there's, you know, I'm a drummer first for sure. Yeah. And, and when I, everything I'd start with on guitar, I have to be interested in a rhythm first. Who was your guy back then? Was it Alex or was it John Bonham or John was Bonham? It, yeah. John Bonham. Actually, you know, those two very much looking back, you know, Alex just because he was Eddie's brother yeah. in that band, but really, um, John Bonham and Stuart Copeland. Alex looked like every older brother who owned a Camaro in the neighborhood <laughs> and like sold weed to the His name should kids. have been Chad. Yeah, yeah exactly. Todd. Yeah, yeah. He just, he just always looked at. I'm sure he had a Nova. Exactly. Well, I didn't realize that they were like, and I'll, and I'll fuck this up, but they were like oh, part. It. Okay. Well, they're part Asian and part Swedish or part Asian and part Norwegian or um, part. Father from Holland. Okay. Uh, m- mother was uh dutch indonesian okay um 
Yeah, I could tell you. Well, that's awesome. But, but, but super, super Asian and 100% immigrant. Yeah. Were. And they had a hard time everywhere they lived. Uh, I forget who was telling me about it, but uh, they, they, they experienced racism <laughs> like pretty much everywhere. But it's why they moved to America. Right. Yeah. You know, it was even worse in Holland when he, he tried to, you know, their dad was a, uh, Van Halen dad was a, a musician on a cruise ship, how he met the mom in uh, Indonesia and then, but then coming back home with his wife, uh, she couldn't get work. That's crazy. All. Yeah. So they migrate here and it worked out. It went a different way. Yeah. <laughs> it went a went positive way. So did, how, how much did that impact you this year or last year? Oh, that, that was, was October a, 5th or 6th. It was this year. There's always these um, people that when they go, it's like, okay, I'm in a new era of my life now. Yeah. You know, like yeah. when Bowie went, that one fucked with me a lot. Yeah, Tom Petty, I think, was was probably the one that, for a lot of us, that no Even matter Florida, what, I mean, he's yeah. if you're a rock guy from Florida, yeah. how can you not? He was he was he the, was he was know, it standard bearer for Florida. I still and I bring the story up a lot. I get pissed off at my wife's cousin because uh, I had so at some point in my life I figured out that if you buy single seats to a concert, you can get really good seats. It's particle board. You can put it wherever you want. Um, you can get up really close because there's always that odd seat that people don't purchase. Because oh, okay. usually people, okay. couples buy or a yeah. couple couples buy. But you always have that odd man out seat. And sure. if you want to go by yourself, you can get up really close. And I've done it a bunch of times. Well, I got great floor seats for Tom Petty the last time he played here before he passed. It was like three months before he passed, four months before he passed. Yeah. And it ended up being the same night as my wife's cousin's wedding. And I had to give that ticket away. And then like a couple months later, he died. I was like... Son of a bitch. Like, and I heard it was like a Springsteen level. Like he played every song. Like he played for like four hours. Right. Cause I think he was, I think it was, they were calling it like his retirement. They probably weren't going to do any big tours after that. They would, he was pushing of 70. They'd play yeah. live and they'd be, you know, there'd be shows, but I don't think there were going to be big tours, but right. Yeah. The, the Eddie thing, uh, it always surprises me still and, and how much it can be a kick in the gut. Like, good God, I'm 52 years old and I'm in my garage crying, you know, because yeah. dude, I've never met and I've just given him a bunch of money yeah. over the years. But the music's that important. Really is. And it's a, it's a thing that I have thought about a lot since his passing is I do not think they exist today, meaning that t- there, there isn't a Van Halen today. Van Halen was not hair metal like you know, the, the bands that kind of get shit about it. They weren't heavy metal like Metallica or whatever. They just had this, this sense of fun to their music. And I can't, who can you think of after Van Halen that fills that, fills that spot? No, no. I mean, it, it it's, that's the thing I, I, you know, describe to folks around me. Most everyone I hang out with for some reason is 10 to 15 years Younger than me, maybe because fifty-three-year-old start hanging out a lot. You're just a cool know. dude, yeah. <laughs> so you know, and when these guys get old, I'm going to go find some thirty-year-olds, right, right, yeah. But but you know, a lot of them certainly not from that particular moment in time uh, that I went through with Van Halen. It was just like you know, I remember buying vinyl as it came out, yeah. Know, fair warning when it came out, all that kind of stuff. And going, it was my first concert. Oh, was uh, it? Nineteen eighty-two. Oh, wow. So that held a lot of tour, yeah. Biloxi, Mississippi, general admission. All this. Who opened? Do you remember? I have no okay. idea. I have no idea. Mine know. was Rolling Stone Steel Wheels at the old stadium with Living Color opening. That was nice. That was my. <laughs> I've seen Living Color. Yeah, yeah. But but the you know back then I think the thing 
or what was so different is um, just what a party the whole concert was. For sure. The atmosphere was, it, you know, and later, of course, you know, Eddie described Dave as a bit of a clown and that being a circus and all that. Well, it was a lot of freaking fun. Yeah. And it just, I haven't been to many concerts since then that had that level well, I think metal stopped being pop music at some point, or or rock stopped being pop music. Pop became something else. So at the time when Van Halen, I mean, they were effectively pop music. You know, that's what people in high school were listening right, to. Right. And generations after that, I think maybe grunge or, or arguably new metal was the last time you were going to hear a primarily instrument driven type of music right. playing in a high school parking lot or at a party. From there, it became. Yeah you know, hip hop and all that kind of stuff. And I don't even know what the fuck they listen to anymore. But um, so I think that's part of what happened. But that's that that to me, too, is why it was a bummer is we've gotten so like in a lot of ways, all the fun is gone for music. It's you know, it's got to be about a political thing or it's got to be about, you know, whatever, it, it, you know, where's the even like Foo Fighter, Foo Fighters is the one that I always circle around to is like. Who would I call the Van Halen today? But all their music is about, you know, kind of. It's, yeah, they're great. I love them, but it's a little more narrow yeah. uh, field than, you know, with, with with Van Halen. You still had guys who grew up with parents who were playing swing music in the house. Yeah. You still had influence of uh, a lot of things from the 60s. And, and there's just was so much. There was a lot being mixed there. Right. You know? So your sister was your entry point to the music, though. Absolutely. I mean, I had. I had a couple of Kiss records that a friend on the street, you know, left at my house and I never gave back. And, yeah. And Kiss it, was another one. I don't think that they aged as well as Van Halen, but. I still like what I like, but it's a, it's a little, you know, it's a small, small, just the live albums. I just Well, like I go through phases with Kiss because I, I liked Kiss when I was a kid because I thought it was neat. That they dressed up. And then I went into the grunge, you know, Guns N' Roses, where it was like, that's stupid, whatever. But then through the Melvins, they became Kiss fans again because they're such big Kiss fans. And they did their own version of the al singles album that each of the different members did, one with their face. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so I got this kind of ironic hipster appreciation of Kiss by way of the Melvins. So, um, you know, but anyway. So uh, after high school, did you, what did you do? Right to college, right to the military, right out to the working world? Um, I stuck around Pensacola. I was going to be a machinist for a minute. I took some junior college. You clearly machinist. have an interest in, in automobiles. Yeah, that's, that's, um, you couldn't grow up in my dad's house and not, you know, well, you're like first take a lawnmower engine apart and rebuild it and put it back together and then take a mini bike apart and then build a go-kart and then, then build, you know, my first car he and I built. Uh, from pieces and that's that's stuff, such a so. that's so amazing and another lost art you know like mm. you know we're not going to have probably any more presidents who served in the military or it's going to be very rare we're going to have very few men who can fix their own car anymore and I, I can't do it so I'm, I'm i'm you know but i i think that's such a a good thing that i wish was more prevalent you know, not just in lower social economic strata, but across the right. board. I wish it was something that people took an interest in. Well, it was, of course, it was less about, I mean, we enjoyed it. It's, it's probably the, the, the best thing my dad and I have together. Is, is he still know, alive? Is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'll be 82 in a couple months. How's he doing? He's great. Good. He's in better shape than me. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, good. It's crazy. He, he's amazing. But yeah, I, so it's certainly, you know, 
from bicycles on taking it all apart, fixing it, trying to make it better, you know, clean it up, paint it, regrease it, whatever mechanical stuff. But um, I just wanted to like my goal after high school was to make enough money to put some sweet rims on my car. Right. <laughs> so when would this have been? Have, what year would this have, have been? Goals. Uh, 80, I graduated in 86. And so 87. So you mentioned Nova and it was right around that time that I remember Nova was the car to have, you know, that was what everybody, if they wanted a hot rod, they'd go buy a Nova. They looked really good jacked up. Oh yeah. There's big tires in the back. Back then we weren't lowering anything quite yet. It was was, about a year away. Oh, everybody had the CRXs or the whatever. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm more from the. Jack it up. The good, the good era. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you wanted to be a machinist. What happened with that? I just wanted to make something more than minimum wage. So, um, kicked around there for about a year and I got a, I was working this, this job that kind of the machinist, what I didn't even finish it, but I did enough and met somebody and was able to get some work, you know, at a place and still living at home. And I, um, I got one of those like, uh, reply mailers. Yeah for a tech school in Tampa and it had like palm trees on it and robots. It was an electronic trade school. Yeah. Radar, you know, all these cool sounding things. And I'm like, so I filled it out and sent it. And three months later, um, you know, got some basic furniture in the back of my dad's truck, moving to Tampa to go to uh, a tech school. So I moved here by myself when I was just shy of my 20th birthday. Had you been in any bands yet by that point? Yeah. I So in, in, in high school, um, I, I went from like my freshman year, I played football, starting football player. Who'd you play? What position? You're going to laugh. No, you're a lineman or something. Yep. Yeah. Offensive. Yeah. But you, you, you got, you probably were strong as fuck (laughs) from messing around with wrenches and engines and all that stuff. I was close to this. I was this height. I haven't grown since ninth grade. Yeah. For sure. Um, and yeah, you know, it was, it was freshman. So everybody wasn't, we weren't giants Giants, yet, but I, I, I went um, from football and uh, my best friend talked me into like he my best friend at the time figured out I should be a drummer. Yeah, I was constantly, you know, Pounding on, on stuff. stuff. Yeah. And so he got me into that and actually convinced me to quit football and join band because jazz band in high school, you go to school every day and there's a drum set there. You can play and a place to play. As drums. much as school sucks. Yeah, I hated school. Going in, knowing you had actually, once you get in a band, you can you can just as a, you know at that time as a senior or junior and senior year, I had at least three band classes a day. Mm-hmm. Really took the suck out of school, right, right, quite a bit. So that gave me. Um, then you're in shop access. the other three classes, and yeah, <laughs> yeah I want to make stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Um, but that that got me. That's how I got to a drum set and got even some. Yeah, but there was a catch. You couldn't just join jazz band like I tried to do. You got to march. Right. Which I shouldn't have resisted because it turned out to be so much fun. Oh, I Drumline so yeah, was, for sure. My, my, uh, my best friend in high school and college, his sister was in the band, both at my high school and at the college we went to. And the best parties I went to were the band parties. You know, I think so many people in band are fighting so hard to overcome a stereotype that, that they're, they were like more of a partiers. They were crazier. They were. Yeah. You know, the stories about band camp. Yeah, it's, it's, true, it's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I tell you the, the, the bus rides to an out of town game or a competition. Were co-ed. Oh yeah, some of the you know, best memories. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that led me to the people that I met and starting, you know, my first band in high school. 
uh, with looking back, incredible musicians. You know, oh yeah, a, a for guy sure. Named, uh, Tim O'Donovan, who's still a working musician in Atlanta now. Uh, to look back and look at how good we were, I'm just you know I'll toot my horn. For oh a yeah. Uh, we we were covering Rush. Right. Very well. Yeah. Probably and we, better. Than and we and we <laughs> just thought, yeah. No, not better than Rush. <laughs> I'm sorry, but but no, yeah, I don't want yeah, to talk it up that yeah, much. Yeah. But to the point that we were blowing people's minds in my garage, right, right, yeah. <laughs> and um, so so there was some 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 touch with you know working with really outstanding musicians right out of the gate. Did you take the drums right away? Like, did you figure it out? Yes. Did you you know the first time? It's it's a little weird, but um, I had been kind of. There were just starting to be some videos on TV. So I was looking and going, okay, so you cross your right arm over the left arm and that's where that sound comes from. And so I was watching those things on TV playing on my, you know, I literally did pots and pans. Oh, yeah. And my dad's shed uh, trying to, you know, make a little drum set kind of thing. And uh, one day I went to, uh, it was like a Saturday and we went to a softball game at church and I hear something and walk inside the church and there's some older guys and this drum set sitting there. Right. And they're, you know, doing, trying to put a little band together and I'm staring at the drums and staring. And they're like, here, you want to play? I'm like, well, I don't know how I sat down and played a legitimate beat. The first time I sat behind a kid, the dudes then are like, Hey, you want to be in our band? Oh, wow. Uh, so that actually, I, I forgot about that. That came before the putting together the good rock. Right. Band, right. You know? Right. Like, a month later, and it was all you know, brushes and three quarter time. We'd be just keeping time, or not not rushing or, or dragging, or you know, you know. I've, I've everybody seen the uh, what's the whiplash now? It's like you're, oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it, I mean, there's there's it's it's a mind fuck because there's so much ethereal talent in drumming that I, I feel like you can't explain on paper the way you can with a guitar. Like, does that make sense? What I'm saying? It, it, it does. I mean, there's. It's more there's, of a feeling. It, it's absolutely so much in in the feeling, and it's it's it's. I think next to singing or whistling, you know, it's clearly what we as humans have done the longest. Sure. To you know, make some music, to make people dance, to make to move people or whatnot. It's the most. Um, I don't know what the word is, but. You know. In our DNA, like, yeah, but, yeah, like a like not tribal, but kind of just it's it's exists on more of a. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I I, I lose words when I'm in here. Yeah, so. it'll come to me yeah. when I'm in the car driving home. But but it 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 is, and um, it's it's really interesting to watch, you know, because I'm around John Nowicki a lot, who's a fantastic drummer, obviously. Is he self-taught? Yeah. Was he in band? I, I, I don't, don't remember from I talking to him. I think he's very – he and I have talked about that, and I if I recall that I I want to say he's very self-taught. I don't think he got into the band thing in, in school. He's one of those beautiful mind people that, like, just kind of backed went, – went the ass-backward way into something and figured it out on his own. Like, when, I, when he played that song for me, and he played it left-handed but strung right, I was just like – it gave me a brain cramp, and I was like – He's like, but I don't know any other way. And I, I kind of get that, but I still think it's quite amazing what he was able to do. Because as hard as it is, well, at least in my perception, as hard as it is to learn a guitar, play guitar, to do what he's doing is that much more just crazy. But yes, and, and so it's it's nice 
uh, you know, being around him as a as a drummer, help supporting him, you know, in his band where he's. Do you leader. ever feel like not judged? Like, do you do you feel like are you guys commenting more on? Is he commenting more on drums than you're used to with band members or? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, so my, my more than I'm used to. I brought this up with him, and it's a completely different thing. But there was that one album that um, Dave Grohl completely re-recorded yeah. the drums yeah. when the guy wasn't aware of it. Yeah. So I always think of that when <laughs> a singer was a drummer in a number another life, and just wondering how that works out. Um, it's worked out really well for us, and it probably just has to do with. You know, we get along real well in our, well, he's a, our he's a personalities match. Yeah, he is. But we can all be dicks when it comes to how you want music to be done. Right. So, yes, he's a sweetheart, but I'm not going to give him that much. Sure. Of yeah, he's, getting, he's got it in him. He's you know, there, there's, but but it just it either works or it doesn't. Right. For us, it has really worked. And and I'm absolutely confident that I'm a better drummer from being in his band than I was before. Yeah. So you mentioned band in high school. I mean, how important do you think that was in, in, in developing your skill? Oh like, my God. I don't know what anything would be like without if it. I hadn't. Yeah. I mean, it led to, because I, I got straight away, I was, you know, getting some training at school at a public school, you know, I was being taught rudiments. I was right. taught how to do things kind of the right way. And, and it allowed for a lot of um, practice during the day at school and you yeah, know, that Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours or something type of, I, absolutely. Yeah, get it under and, your belt and doing early. it while you're young. I think just stuff's easier to learn. Oh, for sure. When, so when you're young, before I had kids, I was really into jujitsu. I would go like six or seven times a week. And, uh, my instructor, uh, he's from Brazil and he was a black belt when he was like 12. And so, you know, I'd always ask him like, what do I do if I'm in this position? He's like, just don't be in that position. And it's like, okay, well, you learned this when you were nine. I'm learning it at 39. It's just mm-hmm. a different approach altogether. So I'm sure it's the same way there. Um, what about jazz? J- band and jazz music always seem to be kind of, the two like training grounds with drumming that kind of influence. I was hoping you were going to say with drumming because yeah, I mean, it, not only um, influencing me directly because that's just what I had to do to get to play a set until I was able to get my own, you know, was go to school and play in jazz band. Right. Get, get yelled at like the guy in whiplash. You mentioned that yeah. movie. I can relate to that. I had not that crazy but I had a band director that I nearly punched in the face, you know, for getting in my face because I'm just not from that. Well, you got to world dealing with your that. pride and your ego is I think a big part about <laughs> getting better. You know, you don't want to hear that you're off time. Like there's all these <laughs> stories you hear about like Rick Rubin putting a metronome next to X, whoever it was. And, you know, that's like a running thing you always hear about with, especially yeah. in the production of albums. But uh, it, it hurts your pride, but the tape doesn't lie. And, I, you know, there's plenty of things to even today where I listen to go, oh, man, I really sped up. Well, yeah. And, and the other thing that I, I didn't realize until recently is uh, I got the opportunity to sit in a studio with a wolf face when they were recording uh, a jingle for uh, Liquid Death Water. And um, they spent fucking four hours setting up the drum kit. And then putting that part down and then like 20 minutes, the rest of them came in and did their guitar and their vocals. And it's like, if that's wrong, everything's wrong. Like that's, that is the the foundation that the house is built on. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Did, did you change your taste as you started getting into drumming? Like, did you start listening to Buddy Rich or start listening to some of these other people who weren't hard rock type music that you started Absolutely. And I'm glad it happened at that age because it, it planted a seed right away to like, okay, don't just be. 
you know, banging your head to ACDC. Right. I still love to do For that. For sure, yeah. But it immediately, uh, not not just jazz band, but um, even what we did in, in Drumline, it, that that as well, or what the band was doing in general, you know, you walk away humming a melody from, you know, something written a long time ago that has nothing to do with the music on the radio, but you can't get, you can't stop whistling that melody. Right. And so it, I think it was great. It, you know, it still didn't deter me. It, it took a couple more years before I really, I'm all over the place now with music, as most of us are. There's Did so you go to a available. bunch of shows growing up? Were you a big live music person? Yes, I have. Uh, I love talking I, about that. I love hearing what people have been to. I have a, a. I've collected as many concert tickets as I could either, you know, could make it home with me. And certainly there are a bunch that are missing. Left in property and evidence. Um, at, uh, but I'm various... over I'm over 100 yeah. tickets, ticket stubs that I have. And uh, what were some of the highlights? Um, oh, gosh, that's easy. Um, Alice in Chains on the Dirt Tour at uh, Janice Landing mm-hmm. <laughs> with Screaming Trees opening. For oh, yeah. The biggest Mark Lanigan I fan. love Lanigan, too. At, you know, at Janice Did you read his Landing. new book? I haven't got the new one. I've got okay. I Am the Wolf. I've got like his lyric, okay. lyrical book, and I keep meaning to buy yeah. you know, his new one. But um, so, you know, uh, Morphine at Janice Land. I know you're in a Morphine cover band. Yeah. Did you know Nowicki back then and everybody? Was that like a shared experience for you or did you guys? I didn't know any. Is that the one who had the horn that instead of the guitar? Correct. Um, I was mixing therapy and morphine. Yeah. Baritone sax, two string slide bass guitar and drums. Yeah. And it's a mighty sound. It really is. It's a guttural deep. Yeah. 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 that blew my mind. I mean, I haven't seen them live, but I I can extrapolate where you're going with that just knowing their music. Yeah, so I mean, th- those are some of the ones I can basically ones I can brag about now to my 15 year younger than me friends that you know weren't old enough back then. Yeah, or, you know, where people are dead and you can't go yeah. see that band now. Oh well, so I've had like Black Flag at the Cuban, not me, but people come in like Black Flag at the Cuban cl- Club, Bad Brains at the Cuban Iggy Pop at Tampa Theater, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers at the Hub. Like <laughs> it's like hard for me to imagine knowing these yeah. places today, but I, I always love. You know what was the Led Zeppelin show that was like in Lakeland or something like that? Well, there was was there one that was like, canceled. Like, There's like a story about it. It's like a I don't know about canceled, or, but they set a world record in like seventy five or seventy six at the old Sombrero. Yeah, but no, there's one that, that was, was like in Tampa. Dunedin or Lakeland and it like got canceled and there was a riot or there was. I don't. I this don't is going to kill me. I'll, I'll, I'll remember it later and I'll message you about it. But um, so uh, once you were down here in Tampa, you're going through the trade school. Uh, that's not where you have ended up professionally. No, no, not at all. It's certainly you. You can't change any part of the story. Right. And get to to where we are. But it it was. Absolutely fundamental in, in everything. Did you work in that field for a while? Yeah, yeah. So I I, I moved here, went to the tech school, um, and worked in automotive electronics. So there was manufacturing that's not here anymore, but um, I was in manufacturing. And I was, you know, I was a guy with big nerdy glasses intentionally. Yeah. You know, big mullet, a beard, and like a – You got a any science, pictures from them? You know, like a scientist smock, yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to give me pictures. one of those. You sound uh, like a, a mix between uh, Aldous Costello and. That <laughs> was real messed yeah, up. It was yeah, real messed up yeah. fashion wise. But, yeah. you know, I was doing science and getting paid. Right. Uh, like, 
you know, seven fifty an hour, which was a, that lifted me out of poverty. Sure, to get that uh, that job, you know, I'm using an oscilloscope and I'm troubleshooting electronics and and test equipment and building building things, and uh, you know, so I, I did that for a couple of years. I, I was in the manufacturing for twenty three years, right? Two a couple of different industries, automotive, electronics for a while, and um, aerospace and defense for a while. But not doing that. I only I did that for it got me in the door, and I did that for a brief period of time. And uh, people have continuously since then. I keep I'll go away from it, and I'll get pushed back into. Hey, you're could like, you just lead this team? Could you just manage the whole department? Could you? You're like Pacino on Godfather Three. Every time I get out, they pull me back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I wound up, um, you know, working my way up to like uh, operations management and stuff, and then got into a lot of quality improvement and, and process. So now your management, you're reading reports and prospectuses I, and no, no, I'm more of a, um, uh, a process design okay. kind of person. So okay. I, I just look at how we do things and why things aren't working right. Why, why the process I'm still fixing things. Are you, you're doing it all remotely right now, aren't you? Absolutely. I had it's the, fascinating. I, I had the uh, good fortune to be able to come by your house when I bought that ring off you. Yeah. Super jealous of your studio, but, um, you the were rock shop. Yeah. You were back there, I think working, but you had uh music going and you had like the EQ going. It was, you know, it was a circus for the senses in there. But um, now are you are you are you are you, are you married? I am. Do you have kids? I do. All right. How old are they? Eleven and thirteen. Oh, nice. So, are they homeschool, brick and mortar? They are uh, at home right now. Who's doing that with them? Uh, well, I'm sorry. They're they're like in e- general e learning. They're doing e learning. Yeah. But I guess they're old enough that you don't need to sit there and hold their hand. Correct. So as a divorce attorney, I can tell you that homeschooling ended a lot of marriages last year. I could. Oh, wow. Yeah. Younger, younger, you know, but um, man, that 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 tested a lot of people. And and it's, you know, I had one of my biggest years last year. And I, I think it's specifically because of that. Um so, uh, as far as music goes, while you were doing the trade stuff into where you're doing now, do you, I, I know now you've got about four or five different bands that you're a part of. Uh, had those kind of been what it's been since then, or were there some other big bands? Or no, no, actually, you know, that's the sad part of the story. Is there's a there's about a twenty year break there. Know, there's a big gap where because when I moved here, it was mostly just trying to survive. And do get the school thing done, and, right. and you know, and then I get this job, and then it's just you know chasing women and working and going to bars. And I honestly kind of checked out because I just I never. It's amazing what's happened in the last sixteen years compared to the first sixteen or so years that right. I was in Tampa. I just didn't meet the right people, go to the right club. I don't know what I did wrong, but um, I, I didn't really pursue it either. I mean, I never have been without my drums. Music, yeah. You know, I'm, when I moved here, I had a dentist chair, a PA, <laughs> uh, my drum set, and my bed. Right. That's and, all you need. And then those, you know, those filled up a yeah. studio apartment yeah. nicely. And, um, and so I, I I became content. There's a few things happened. You know, I I, I was content to to be a, the biggest fan in the world. Mm-hmm. It's like it, I was as happy just loving music and and getting excited about new music and all of that as I ever was, you know, playing. Right. And 
And I, you know, I went through a first marriage and I was going, I went back to school forever at night and, you know, got my bachelor's degree and, and I was into wakeboarding. Oh yeah. And that ate up a lot of time too. Yeah. I skipped stuff. So I went from like, you know, get out of tech school and then I studied Taekwondo for a few years oh, wow. and was doing all that and always like been into something. Yeah. But music wasn't happening because I, yeah, I think about this a lot. I look back. I just didn't go to the right place and didn't meet the right people. You're 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 Sorry. setting off bells for me because I, I it's somewhat similar to me. You know, growing up, I was very into music. I was very into art. I had wanted to go to art school and all these things. And then I, I always curse the X Files because the X Files made me want to become a lawyer because I wanted to go into the FBI. And at the time, they said you can either be an accountant or a lawyer to get in the FBI. So that's the path I went down. And I met my, like you said, you change any part of the, your life. It changes the, the yeah. story. I met my wife to have my beautiful kids and all these other things. I wouldn't trade it for the world. But at 18, 19, 20, I thought my life was going to be one of an artist and it didn't end up being that way. Um, so, but with this podcast, I've now gotten to meet, all, you know, you and Nawiki and Elliot and Gray and all these people. And so it's, you're mentioning, I just wasn't meeting the right people. It's like now I'm 45 and I'm meeting all these yeah. amazing artists who live here yeah. locally. And I'm so jealous of them in a lot of ways because, you know, they have that in their life. And I just think it's so amazing. I've been so uh pleasantly surprised to find what a rich musical community we have here you know mm -hmm. uh i really think i was talking about this last week with um ken apperson uh you know there's really no strong reason why tampa isn't like nashville i don't think right you know right. The, the talent's there the eclectic music is there the it should have at least or still should have at, at the minimum a seattle moment yeah for or, sure. Or at least in one period in time, so many good things could come from here right now. Yeah. You know, it 100%. is amazing. I, I, um, I think about it a lot that I'm, you know, so again, this is more at the end of the story, but look, looking at where I wound up and the people I've met and the opportunities I have to, to play music and just be, just be a part of that community is the most fulfilling thing. So how did you meet Nowicki and all those guys? Um, it really starts with, I, I guess the best place to start is I met Newfer, Pete Newfer. I I've met been his house because uh, Kenny, Kenny Pullen or whoever is working on it. And he was selling me their poetry and lotion t-shirt. And they're like, everybody's like right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two, two other bandmates of mine. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I met him because of uh, our oldest daughters. We're friends at daycare. Okay. And then, um, you know, that's, you know, it as a parent, I was like nothing sketchier than, you know, I think at least when your wife comes home and says, Hey, you know, I invited this, these other parents of this kid over and they're coming over Saturday afternoon. I'm like, uh, what yeah. do you know about them? I don't, Oh God, I don't want to meet. I don't know. But do you think back to your, when you were a kid who you always hung out with on weekends was your friends, like at least that was the experience with me. Like, if I think of who are the biggest adults in my life, it was parents of kids I went to school with that they would all just get together and drink on the weekend. No, no. That wasn't your experience? No, so let's go back to Southern Baptist. Oh, sorry, and sorry, then, sorry. I forgot. No, you know, somebody, yeah. you know, it, it was usually a family from the church family or or no one. Right. And, and, of course, that was in the days of just dropping by. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're just like, what? Who's that pulling in the driveway? Oh my That's God. That's a mortal sin it's today. Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. And we would all just freak out because somebody, yay. Yeah. Uh, someone uh, broke up the monotony. Someone broke up the monotony. Yeah. It's a fascinating thing. But um, I'm sorry. I don't know how I got there. We were talking about uh, meeting Peter and Kenny yeah. and all these guys because their kids were in daycare together. Yeah. I'll, I, and I'll, I'll throw in that um, after that, that long period of, of school and wakeboarding and a, a marriage and a move out to Valrico for a while, uh, when all that ended, I was like, okay, I got to fix some stuff. I'm not making any music. This doesn't make sense. And I'm going to move back to Tampa. A single guy wants to live in Valrico. <laughs> I, I don't know where you live, but no, um, <laughs> not Valrico. And uh, yeah, it didn't take me long in an empty house to go, I'm out of here. Yeah. So, and uh, so I moved, you know, bought the house that I'm in now. And that's how I met my wife neighbors and that's how it's you know so got to fill in the the pieces there and our first daughter you know befriends pete's uh oldest daughter and the wives meet and they come over and hang out and you know pete and i have like this moment where we neither of us wanted to be in that situation because we think like you know you're not going to meet another rock and roll guy or, or someone who's cool or whatnot and um you know, it didn't take long before, you know, of course, music comes up and he, you know, he sheepishly says, well, you know, I'm kind of a Rush fan. I'm like, why the hell are you apologizing for yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so am I. Yeah. You know, and we've been best friends since. But but that that was it. It was meeting Pete Newfer. Okay. And he's like, and at the time I, I was um, at that very moment, I was in kind of the first year of of the first, uh, the first band that I helped put together. What was that band? Genghis Flan. Okay. Yeah. And I've heard uh, uh, Americana. Yeah. 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 A little soulful sometimes. Right. Um, and, and that was, that's a really fun story how it just came together. Uh, and that was my first doing anything as a guitar player. So no, was, was a drummer for that band, right? No, I hadn't no? met him. Oh, okay. No, um, I had a few drummers, uh, for that band one like two of them i just like again i hadn't met hadn't met newfer or that which yeah. opened up that whole community right. so i knew no one right so like the first two drummers for genghis flan i found on craigslist right luckily you I weren't just, killed and i just put out an ad yeah you know yeah. And, and that's an interesting looking for get what some works, interesting yeah. responses <laughs> yeah. From, <laughs> from that. yeah but it worked and it helped us get along and and then um uh, I got a guy named Vernon Cole, who's a fantastic drummer. I had worked with him. Did you do the whole Yeomans years, on Davis Island scene, or what? What was your place no, in the world? We, or we, um, we kind of we were a bit of the house band at the front porch when they first started having bands. I think we were literally the first band, the first or second band to ever play there. And we, that's right across the street from where right, I live. Right, so, yeah. Well, yeah, this works. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and then that that led us to get to play at Ella's and. The old, um, when it was Florida Avenue Brewing, uh, we played there a lot. Right. And, and just, you know, same thing as I kind of do now, just make the Seminole Heights circuit. Right, right. It was enough fun, right. enough action there. But but I didn't know anyone. So we, you know, and neither did the guys in, in Genghis Flan. We just, hell, you know, me, uh, Ryan Statt, Jimmy Kalis are both my neighbors. Right. And, it's a very tight knit community. It's a very interesting community. You know, I, I moved to the office here in 2017. And as soon as I did that, I immediately like joined all the 
Seminole Heights Facebook pages and the Tampa Heights. And you get to know the personalities a little bit around that in between conversations about, did anybody hear that gunshot? Did anybody see this bike get stolen? What's that helicopter doing? (laughs) I mean, that's, does anybody know what's opening up on? Yeah. 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 But I mean, uh, at at some point we put that mural on the side that faces Tampa street and Ray Roa from creative loafing reached out to me and he's like, is that a Elliot Smith homage? I was like, yeah, it is. I, I used to listen to that with my wife and, Law school and he's like, oh, cool. And so then I, he became like my toehold. And then I'd like, who else, who else can I talk yeah. to? And he's like, well, you should talk to Dave Decker. And he does the photos for us, but he's got his band. And then uh, my buddy Greg is in Wolfface. He's an attorney. And it's just been this domino effect of meeting all these. And now I got Elliot. I don't know if I was going to introduce you to him after, but Elliot is one room over from us now. I just started yesterday and he sings for three bands locally. He's, he's badass. So. Anyway, but all, all these people, it, it, you know, and, it, and it's a, eclectic too. You know, it's not just metal. It's not just Americana. It's not just hip hop. It's not just Latin. It's not just, I mean, there's right. really just. Um, so with Genghis Flan, what were the bands after that? Um, so while I was still in Genghis Flan, uh, I started a duo uh, with my kid's piano teacher, who uh, Natalie was Schultes at the time. What year are Craig we looking now? at, right? Uh so Flan was probably 2010. So this is all just the past 10 years about. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Seems like much longer than that. Yeah. There was, you know, there was a kind of a, in a, maybe a, a, a period of, well, not maybe there was a definite period of, okay, I, I'm playing guitar now and ooh, I think it's time to buy an electric guitar, yeah. you know? And, and again, go back to my neighbors, uh, especially, you know, Jimmy Kalis, who's still my next door neighbor. Um, I started, I had just moved there and I, when I moved and bought that house, I'd had my guitar for a year. What was your, my what first was your electric? Oh, it wasn't. I just had a Alvarez oh, acoustic. Okay. And, and then I, I met a guitar teacher at the end of the street, old hippie teaching out of, you know, out of the, out of a shop. Right. And turned out to be a great teacher. I, I studied with him for like a year and a half. And while doing that, my neighbor sees me doing that and it's like, well, I've always wanted to play bass. And so. He buys a bass and starts taking lessons from the same guy. And then for a, like at least one Halloween party at my house, we played as a trio with, and the, you know, and the teacher, he was, of course, yeah, he was phenomenal right. uh, guitar player. And he had us playing jazz stuff where we could just, you know, three, Fun four beat, chords yeah. you can repeat and yeah. just keep going and let him rip. Um, and then that led to us, you know, kind of growing to, uh, and playing together and and thinking, Man, we should get a drummer over here. Hey, I know somebody, and and you know that's Vernon Cole. And then, how did drumming inform your picking up the guitar? Do you feel like it helped, or? Uh, I think so. I'll go as a as a songwriter again. It nothing. I, it's hard for me to get interested in developing something if I'm not interested in, in something rhythmically. Right. So I just start as a rhythm guitarist and it's my favorite place. And it's really about all I can do on guitar anyhow. Right. But, but it, it's, that's the way I like to write. And, and going back to, you know, in, in, in kind of the last year or two, going back to acoustic styles and, 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 you know, adding on some, some technique and knowledge there. Um, I, I realized, hey, wait a minute! I've got this rhythm thing down. I can do, you know, multiple things at the right. same time. And so, working on a more percussive approach to—if it's just me and an acoustic guitar, 
how do you make that interesting when I'm not, you know, a G whiz yeah. uh, player. And that is, you know, working in a strumming pattern that lets you slap the guitar and keep that rhythm. You know, do you, and all of a sudden, do you know, Blake Mills, do you ever listen to Blake Mills? I don't you got to check him out. He's, he's like a wizard and he's, he's played on a bunch of other people's. He's not local. He's a national guy. He's played on a bunch of other people's albums and he did a lot of session stuff, but um, there's a video I'll send you. And his big thing is he's like, at some point you get bored of guitar and you either do something else or you figure out a way to make your guitar sound like something else. Mm. And so he started getting into like all these weird, like Indian type of situations with acoustic mm -hmm. guitar and making it sound like a different instrument. It's, but the percussion thing is inter interesting because I was, when I was talking with Ken last week about it, at some point along the way, someone explained guitar to me as if you're right-handed, a keyboard in your left hand and a drum in your right hand, you know, you're, you're looking at the fretboard like a keyboard and, and really your strumming hand is percussion, mm -hmm. you know, and so understanding that rhythm and all that. So I, I just wondered yeah. if the drumming helped you in that way. I, I, absolutely. Um, in, in songwriting, because the same kind of rhythms that I'm thinking of for a fill or for some kind of ride on the drums, it's the same kind of rhythms that it's going to wind up in a riff right that i i like to play around with so where does rototiller and where does the holy terror how do those begin um so i'm gonna go back to try to finish it the, sure sorry uh, the first question no no that's okay um i was just taking too long i'll take a long story and make it longer no that's awesome um while flan uh i i get a acoustic duo because i just had these i had some ballad stuff and i'm like nobody wants to in this band, you know, that's not wants quite to play that. Yeah. And, and you don't want to do too much of it in a band. Anyhow, if you're going to show up with drums and a bass, go ahead and rock. Yeah. People aren't going to go ahead yeah. and rock. Don't. If you're playing like a high school dance, which I don't even think people do anymore. But, yeah, yeah. And I had this really, I had this other stuff kind of sitting on the shelf and I, I meet Natalie, who's um, a fantastic cellist and a good singer. And we just, we hit it off the first time we played. I threw something out there and she started playing and we were like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. And so that was the end of Daisies. Okay. Um, and we, you know, played the same little circuit around here and, and some things. And uh, so that was maybe 2014, 15 or 16, 17, somewhere in there. And then it, during that same time, uh, Swampus. Swampus. This was my Meats. first. I talked to Meats about Swampus. Yeah. yeah. This, this was my, it's so strange, but this was my first um, drumming gig in this community yeah. we're talking about. So here I am barely a guitar player and that's what I'd start doing and, you know, around the scene. And then Owen or whoever, you know, figured out like, Hey, you know, we, we, he threw, sent me some recordings with some riffs and stuff. And, and he's I, a deep dude too. Super deep, super intelligent, yeah. smart, uses words I have to look at. You guys up. are a very smart band. You remind me of, like, you know, I, the sound for Holy Terror, anyway. For some reason, Zappa is just the thing that gets me. Because for me, Nowicki's like Tampa Zappa. <laughs> he just kind of is this absurdist, talented musician. But when Meats came in, you know, I he wasn't what a... When, Putting eyes on him and then what came out of him was a complete 
180 from what mm-hmm. I expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, religion, philosophy, politics, yeah. history, all these things. He can just really go into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. P- just about pick your subject and, 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 and I appreciate probably that. a little more than me on it. Cause I'm so fucking ADD. I can like know just enough to talk about it, but I can't get deep into it. So he, and I'm sure he, you know, he told you about the compound and short yeah, yeah. circuit studios. Yeah, yeah. And, and so when I met Newfer and he, I showed new for Genghis Flan because I didn't know any of those guys, but we had already kind of started, we were on our way and he's like, Oh man, you guys going to record? You got to go to short circuit studio. So he takes me over one afternoon to, you know, like a party yeah. there. And I thought I had just died in heaven. There, there's nothing but musicians and cool people, a studio with people just rotating in and out. Like the jam never stopped and you just could go in and pick up an instrument or, you know, right. walk out, eat some Owens out there grilling some really good food. Well, they're all fucking chefs too, or they've yeah. all worked in the food service right. industry. Right. So, so yeah, like, this is, you know, this, this is, uh, I, I could like leave my family over this, you know, no, right. I'm kidding. Yeah. But, but that's how I met Owen through, through new for, that's how I met everybody, but through, through new for, and, and so Genghis Khan did wind up recording, uh, our, our CD, at short circuit. And that's kind of how I got to know Owen and Troy, Troy Cedinho. And somewhere through that, uh, Owen was ready to start a band and knew I could play drums, knew I liked some heavy stuff. And, uh, I think though that I actually, I think he sent me riffs and, and asked me about playing guitar yeah. with him. And, uh, I'm like, I will do this if you let me play drums. Right. I, I want to play drums with this. And, and Swampus was, one of the best experiences uh, as a drummer to just get to go nuts. Why did, why, why is Swampus no longer with us? Well, Swampus is still with us. We're all here. Permanent vacation. Originally. So that's interesting. That's a good question to ask now that Owen's back in Tampa. That's a great question yeah. to ask, but um, you oh, know, you guys have time on your hands the, to just the just the the challenge of a long distance relationship with right. with the band leader in you know Mayaka Valley and the rhythm section in in Tampa that's tough to maintain right and, you know and things everything also kind of runs runs its course I don't think Swamp has ran its course there's there's, there's plenty more. of good music yeah. that we could do uh, I'm sure Owen's you know cooking stuff up right talking now. to you we're looking at you Owen. yeah get the writing um so that was owen that was swampus and yep I, so nowicki was there um that's definitely so what's what's interesting is through just the the short circuit studio yeah. you know through the dylan griffiths crowd through the through the uh, compound is undoubtedly uh how i started to you know, just meet john and get introduced to him and stuff but we didn't we didn't do anything other than like, you know, poetry, you know, giving Genghis an opening spot here or there. And so, Swamp- so I didn't really know. I didn't really know John. Hmm. How? Oh, i tell you what happened. Uh, when John started, I think, in earnest going out with his solo acoustic right. stuff, um, I started catching that. And I'm like, man, I dig this guy's voice. I like what, I, and you know, he, he, he's, of course, he's going to touch my heart playing some, some old, uh, mad season. Right. And, and yeah, yeah. You know, some stuff like that. But I really, I really liked, I just like, really like his voice. And yeah. so he did some support for like the end of Daisies and, um, Swampus. I know he, he did some of his acoustic opening when Swampus was out 
play in and and that's more how we kind of started hanging out do you do you try and like do you when you're starting these bands or joining these bands do you like discuss reference points as far as music like you know i'm kind of looking for a this this meets this type of deal or do you just kind of play and it sounds like whatever it sounds like yeah you just kind of play for me you just kind of play or you you know i I forget who said it a lot of people have said it but you know it kind of starts with um just guys who are you know are people who aren't complete dicks that you can first off can you stand to be in the room with them right for an hour at a time and if that part works out okay like okay hopefully you can play yeah well <laughs> and hopefully we like the same things and there's a few few boxes that you have to check for sure there. and 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 i think um i think sometimes you know i mean if you know the person you know what they play um it, it kind of gives you an idea of would you even want to try to make some music with them or not. Right. I think so. That can also, that can make you miss the boat on some things too. You know, I think uh, if I hadn't have, you know, jammed out at the compound or something with Owen, he would have thought of me as this acoustic Americana guy. Back right. And never would have dreamed of like, Hey, you know, do you want to play drums in my band Swampus? Right. Wouldn't, wouldn't have happened. Uh, if you just judge me on that one thing I was doing. Right. You know, at the time. So how many active do you have going right now? Active is three. Okay. And that's, um, rototiller, which, uh, rototiller. Uh, that's kind of your baby at this that, point, that's, right? Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd call it my band. Yeah. Take that guys. Well, when I, when I came and got that ring for you, you were nice enough to give me some swag and I got the rototiller. I put it in right away and I dug it. It was, cool. it was yeah. And it, again, a different sound from Swampus, a different sound from Holy Terror, a different sound from, you know, it's more kind of straightforward rock kind of, you know, I, 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 it's been a minute since I listened to it, but for some reason I had a Queens of the Stone Age and REM vibe like simultaneously. I'm going to come across this desk and kiss you on the lips. Oh, good. Right I, now. I checked off you too. You couldn't have, you, you couldn't have done better in in um i yeah. love homie's one of my favorite guitarists yeah. um he just does you know it's that same video series i'm just i'm gonna blow you up on facebook tonight because every time i've talked to anybody you haven't have you seen the noisy vice ones with the guy from uh from uh what was the name of that band he he's been with homie and iggy in the post-pop depression matt i'm drawing a blank but he sits down with all these guitarists and he did it with homie he did it with saint vincent he did it with dean ween he did it with uh, i watch all those shows yeah or i mean if that's youtube i i, I everything i can get my hands on where it's i'll like, send you the uh, homie one because there's something about queens of the stone age where it's darker sounding the solos the music there's the the chords sure. the notes that he plays are, i've watched yeah i've watched i've, I've watched as much josh homie stuff as i as i can then find, you've probably seen it he looks like he's clearly high on coke he's just pouring sweat and like i've watched that yeah super like what's what it's almost uh it's not the what's in your bag but it's Similar. Licks or, or something, it's something probably. like your guitar secrets or something. Yeah, yeah, and then he yeah. goes through, he is sweating in that. I've sweating. always been like, I've had other theories like, yeah, maybe. was your AC out or <laughs> were you just at the peak of your <laughs> drug binge at that, at that point? But, they were uh, both sweating in that. Well, in so that it could have been, yeah. but uh, in any event, I just, no, I, that's, but that's the best rototiller. You know, I, I've always likened it. What I want to do is have kind of the, the REM, you know, emotive side and, and baritone side mixed with Malcolm Young rhythm yeah. guitar and just guitar forward go. REM was a big one out. for me uh, growing up. I don't remember if it was Document or which the first one was that I got into, but I remember it was one summer 
and it had to be right around eighth or ninth grade. My dad's sister lived up in uh, Syracuse, New York, and they were both school teachers. So we, I mean, I never went on an airplane until I was out of the house. Like we didn't pay for flights. We drove. If you went to New York, you fucking drove yeah. to New York. And it was Check Your Head. It was REM Out of Time. And it was uh, Hairway to Steven by the Butthole Surfers. <laughs> and those were the three that I just, just wore out. And I just listened to that jangly guitar. It's almost like a Johnny, uh, who's, who's the Smith guy? Johnny. Johnny Marr. Johnny Marr jangly guitar thing with REM, but different. There was a Southern folky, yeah. bluegrassy thing going on yeah, it's, it's been said that, that peter buck's right hand you know is is touched by god is the or, most yeah one of the most essential parts of, of rm you know he's he well, doesn't do, the harmonizing he, the singing is another big part of it i could go on all day about how yeah, yeah. important every member of, of rem you yeah know, i think mike mills is the un, unsung here he's the michael anthony of REM. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah man because his his singing his, yeah his yeah. Uh, stuff yeah Mike um, Mills doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. Um, and then with, with, uh, you know, it's funny in that, in that video with Hami where he's talking about how he learned to play guitar. His guitar teacher was a polka teacher. Yeah. And he's like, everything I've done since then has got this kind of truncated didn't, 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 didn't. And it's true. And you mix that rhythm with his kind of off notes or skipping notes and scales or choosing minor, you know, just kind of it, it, it's, that's what's interesting. So there's that. And then my, my, I don't want to say my guilty pleasure, but the number one, the album that I listened to most of my life, the one that from a guitar perspective was Blood Sugar Sex Magic and John Frusciante. Just some, there's something so transcendent about that album. And, uh, at the end of, um, what's it? What's the one where he's basically having sex with a police officer side of, um, Fucking hey, man, this is killing me. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm no, no it's fine. It's like the last ten minutes of that song is just Frusciante playing this circular like guitar solo, and that's just all my life. Is like if I can ever learn to play that, I'm gonna sit down a guitar and I'll be done at that point. And it's not that difficult from people who know how to play guitar, but for yeah. me, that's like the the golden ring that I want to. Yeah, I saw them. Uh, I believe it was the. I, I'm listening to you, but I'm gonna look yeah. this up because it's gonna sure, kill sure, me. Sure. Go ahead. It was either the. That's okay, man. I'm, you want to play on your phone? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, they whichever Lollapalooza they headlined, either '92 or '93. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Was, yeah, that was that was a Sir Psycho thing. Sexy. The end of that song. If you if you if you if you can't hear it in your head now tonight you or when you're driving home, just back up. and and it's like two minutes and thirty two seconds. Like I, I'll just fast forward to that point of the song just to listen to that. I love it so right. much. But anyway, yeah. They, they um that that was such a great moment. Oh yeah, you know I I one nice thing about my age and you know as I tell my young friends, I was in my twenties in the nineties. Yeah, so you could have to go to all the shows that their parents wouldn't take them to. The, the timing, uh, I think, just think that was a good day, good decade musically uh, for a rock guy. Jane's addiction you know, to be coming of age. Yeah, did absolutely. You, yeah, did, Jane's addiction is where I. Woke up and was like, okay, there's more to the life than Aerosmith and Van Halen. Sinister, darker corners there's, where there's really unspeakable things are happening. Know, yeah. Who's this dude with the dreads and the polyester? Have you seen bottoms? him now? He's got the worst facelift. It's awful. I can't look at him. It's really, um, yeah. It's really I'm bad. I just don't know why he would do that. I'm with you. Did you see Did you see this year's Lollapalooza where it was streaming because of uh, COVID? I might have checked out. 
a, a, a cut or two. But so Hami does a Hami does a uh, I saw them that. Crooked Vulture song, which is great. That's what I saw. But then they reunited Porno for Pyros, and the the great thing I like Porno for Pyros, fine, a great band. But the great thing is you see this old heavy set guy sitting behind them on the steps playing bass, and it's Mike Watt, just. In the back, he's playing wow. bass for Porners for Pyros. And he, I mean, he looks like someone's grandfather who sure. like collects cans now, but he's, he's, he's my favorite bass player of right. all time. I just, I love the Minutemen. I always watch, I watch that documentary at least once a year. I have his signature bass. So I, I'm a big fan of Watt, but, um, where do we go? Oh, so well, you know, for Pyros. Yeah. But or, you no, were, before we got there, you were talking about the, the Josh Homme and the, the polka and the things yeah, yeah. that influence what you do right. today. And, you know, I think, for me, drumline uh, in high school, you know, you march in, the band marches into a cadence. Yeah. Or you march on off the field, you know, to a cadence. And it was always some something, you know, a little funky and, and really, really made everybody stand up and take notice. Right. You know, and I think those kind of rhythms stayed with me as a drummer and as a rhythm guitarist. Those, those kind of rhythms are important. Mixed with, um, so for all the you know, bad mouthing I did on my church music yeah. as a, as a kid. Um, damned if I don't really, you know, gravitate towards the, the dreary, weepy, yeah. slow tempo, uh, really emotive stuff. I, I can't stop writing that stuff. I yeah. don't put much of it out because there's just, too, I just do too much of it. Oh, you and, can, and you can, I mean, I, I'll, I don't, you know, I, I, I got on this kick just before Christmas where I, I was uh, watching this video of Jeff Buckley play the same song over and over and over and over and over again. And I mean, that's what was all it? he did. Uh, Lover, you should have come over. Oh, yeah. He plays it live oh. in Chicago. Oh yeah. And it's, it's a religious experience. I might have the VHS. Yeah, tape of, of that Chicago yeah. show. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I do. And actually. this, sickly thin little white dude just yeah. belting out just amazing so um anyway well so are the, are, are the family taking you out for your birthday tonight yes um and they, they've been super good is it a surprise me, or they is always it a, are yeah they always are uh no no we're going we're going for some mexican uh it's a place we can all agree on something you know how challenging that is do you know what that place is yet yeah yeah mechanitas okay um what about your kids do they like the same music you like are they on a different kick entirely or my 13 year old won't even tell me what she likes or let me hear it okay so it's probably something with lil in the name somewhere (laughs) lil or cardi or asap or something like that she's i think she picks up on uh because they both play they do oh yeah well, they, I think they, you mentioned you mentioned piano for one of them. I thought, or yeah, they they both have have learned piano. Um, That's beautiful. That's awesome. And uh, the the oldest now is uh, actually we just for Christmas got her her own bass clarinet. Anyway, wow! I didn't know there was a bass clarinet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she really loves that. And That's badass, so, hey, though. I'll I'll get you. I'll take out a loan. I'll get a credit card. What do you want? If my kid, kid asks for a book or a musical instrument. I'll I'll get make, it for him. Yeah, yeah. There was there was no, not a moment of hesitation. I'm like, okay, I'd rather you, you know, I, I, I kind of need, uh, kind of need you to keep playing keys, and you know, because I have an idea for a family band, and you got to do the, the Jeff bass, Tweedy thing. Yeah, the bass clarinet's not in it. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a difficult one to work in. Did having kids affect your songwriting? That's probably why um, you're wanting to write so many ballads. Is you're all weepy well, about your kids. That's how I get. It. <laughs> no, let's <laughs> go back to the Southern Baptist yeah. thing. 
you know, because there's there's like this memory of uh, and even harmonies that I like come from the harmony my mom chose standing next to her in church and like hearing her sing oh, wow. what she picked and did. And she hasn't done musical training or right. whatever. I just super musical family on her side. Everybody. Yeah. Musicians. And um and and that that's more I think the the influence to the harmonies that I like and and the some things like in the end of Daisy stuff. You know, yeah. If you ever listen to that. Is the end of Daisies somewhere that I can hear it online? Is it on anything? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's everywhere. Because I, I think I've heard, I know I've heard Swampus, I know I've heard the Holy Terror, I know I heard um, the Rototiller. Rototiller, because you gave that to me. But some of the other stuff, you gotta, you gotta direct me to. Sure, sure. Yeah. What about Genghis Khan? Uh, is that is that somewhere too? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, with, with all of them, I've done the. Um, you know, when you get the CDs made, you go ahead and pay the fifty bucks for the digital distribution, and it's everywhere. Right. It makes this kind of transaction easy, where I can just. I wish it got that way with vinyl. I was, I was, I was had these grand ideas for putting out vinyl for certain local people, and then Keith at Microgroove was like, "Let me tell you why that's the worst fucking idea ever in the world." He's like, "Yeah, you're going to pay for five thousand of them, to sell two of them, and then have to figure out what to do with the rest of them." Right. So, um, have you written any new music during COVID? Do you is there, a lot? Okay, for for a couple of the different things, or one of the things specifically, or yeah, yes. Um, so the uh I've got a lot of of material for for Rota Tiller. I haven't worked on that as much, but lately Are your I'm vocals and guitar in that? that. Yes. Yeah, okay. Is it a four piece or a three piece? Three piece. Okay. And who's on drums and who's on bass? Greg Furisi is on drums and he's a monster. Okay. He's like a he's like a Barrett Martin from, you know, the latter part of Screaming Trees. Yeah, yeah. One oh my god. They have drummers. such a such a like tribal you know dun, dun, yeah. Dun, yeah by the way the word i was looking for earlier in this is primordial primordial drumming all right well there you go very good it, good it came to me a while ago and there I you go for the right you got it i slip it back i'll do it. that sometimes <laughs> it's like i'll have to make notes and come back to it later but um but yeah rototiller is is greg furisi which he was the last drummer in genghis Fawn. okay and um and then newfer is is on bass okay and, and vocals uh for rototiller and, and so for newfer and i this is our third band together swamp is holy terror so you guys gotta thank your wives for we, getting you together what's and, and it's interesting you know we were so all bands are, are, are relationships and if it's probably been done but when i'm one day i'm gonna write that book yeah i go right down the line with every single analogy that you have in a marriage or or if you're dating or if you're just sleeping around you and know? your is your wife's kind of off topic but your wife's supportive of it she's she's Absolutely. Yeah. You couldn't, you know. That's a big I'd part of it. I'd either be divorced or I wouldn't be in three bands. Right, right. You, yeah, you, you pick one or the other if it doesn't can. work out across. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's That's been an amazing, amazing thing. Now, she's not supportive as in, oh, honey, what a great song you wrote. No, I she'll really tell you a shit. It, but she's, <laughs> yeah. she's used the word sucks. Well, you get to a certain point in a marriage and it's good when people have something to do away from each other. It's yeah. like, it's like. And you know what? I, I, I. It, it takes enough to, uh, you know, I do enough stroking my own ego. I don't need her building me up in any way that's not she'll necessary. sharpen your sword. Yeah, she'll, yeah, she'll. It's if she when she does comment on something, I take it to the bank that that's good. She listen to the same stuff you do, or she have different tastes, or uh, we we cross over on a few way, places, but but not too much. You know, she 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 um she she's would go more for like. Um, you know, Macy Gray to, you know, she grew up in, she's, you need to interview her, get her, you know, Please. She's, she's got, she's got 
a very interesting life. Tell her to come in here. I'm, I'm, I'm all the way down. I, I, a lot of times find spouses of people who are guests to be more interesting than the guests sure. are because, you know, they kind of get it from a different angle. Like living sure. with a creative person is not always the easiest thing to do. You know, I think right. people who are artists who are good artists usually are moody fucks. I we, mean, they, you took the words. Yeah. We're a moody bunch. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not always the easiest to be in a relationship with someone like that. I don't think, but I think why we get the support when we do is they know about these moods, the and spouses. Still, yeah, they, and they know the best thing for these moods is for us to go make music. Right. And right. so stopping that doesn't make anything better. better. But, but that doesn't necessarily mean they have to, you know, support you being in three bands while there are two kids in the house and, Everybody's working full time and sure. all that stuff, but but we manage it. I'm I'm efficient, so I make it. I don't. I make it where it's not a challenge for her. I was talking to uh, Scott Anderson uh, from uh, Have Gun World yeah, Travel, yeah, yeah. and he, uh, you know, similar situation. He's like adores his wife. He's like she's the best thing in the world. She, you know, facilitates me doing this, and it, it kind of works out because. Every other minute you're not doing that, you're going out of your way to like yeah. make their life what easier or better. Yeah. Here's what you do. You do the laundry. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. All the way. Yeah. All Put it the away. Time. Fold it. Put it away you, in the right drawer. You make it so that when you're, you know, after you pack your drums in the car. There's nothing left. She's for not them looking to do. around the house going, hmm. Yeah. There's dishes in the sink hmm, or whatever. Right. Yeah. And he's out playing music. She's sitting in a clean house. You hear that, clients? I'm down. This is this. <laughs> I could help, you know, and it also well, the helps biggest to go one, through a divorce. Well, the biggest one besides laundry and dishes, I can, I love when I ask them their date of marriage and they can't remember it. Ooh. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're doomed. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Oh, well, that made it easy. I, yeah. pick, I pick holidays. I'm Mine was easy. July 3rd. So it was, yeah, easy. everybody was at the beach already. So that was just how that worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, so writing music for, for Rototiller um, and, and gigs book. And I've, no, no, we did, we had something at Red Star. And I've got too many complications uh, with that weekend. Yeah. So I was, I would love to be sitting here telling you and everyone else, you know, come see us this Me too. Friday. Yeah. Uh, but I had to back out of that for some personal reasons. Um, but I'm mostly, you know, you asked about during the pandemic. Um, and I hate to, man, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm cautious of being the guy bragging about how, what great things have happened to me during the pandemic when, right. it's, when it's awful for, so many people. You're not being right? an ass about it. I mean, it's better to be honest. And I'm trying to help people during this too. Yeah. You know? But um, I, the time at home, the extra time, that's extra time to play guitar. That's extra time to write. That's extra time to sharpen the pencil. And, and, and honestly, the lack of gigs means also more time to write, more time to practice. Um, I've, I've been studying online with Sean Kyle. Yeah. Uh, as a very advanced guitar teacher. Uh, he was telling he me is. he's at the peak of his powers right now from how much he's been playing recently. He's like, he, you know, I bet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you need your top shelf to come in and, and fill the spots when there's nothing national yeah. coming through. And so well, it's fantastic and, to see that. And that's a, that's, actually. that's a conversation I'd love to have with you probably on another one, but is I'm, I'm hoping that this becomes a re, imagining of the importance of local music in people's day-to-day life, you know, because you're not going to have that national there. You're going to have, if you're going to want live music, if you're going to want new music, it's going to be that. Yeah. So, you know, we all need to, the the rest of us need to step up and fill in that, fill in those spots. But um, I've I've written uh, quite a few songs 
for this. Uh, I keep threatening to do this solo album and I'm going to play everything. I think you mentioned that to me when I met you that first yeah. time. Well, I did a song in the summer. So I got enough gear. Uh, That's what you did. You sent you sent me a link to it. Oh, that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, write it, record it, play everything. Yeah. And um, and do everything. I mixed it myself. And it came out pretty good. I mean, I got, I kept sending it to, you know, my mentors, Owen and Troy yeah. and, um, and, you know, getting, getting pointers from them uh, and then going back, you know, sitting down at the, at the, uh, at the DAW and, and, and working on things. And so I, you know, the one song and, and it's, I'll call it demo quality. It's, it's still got a ways to go, but doing that, my, uh, my first time doing everything convinced me to go ahead finish getting the room to sound right well that's just it with your background and mechanics and all that the fact that you don't have your own studio fully functioning is only a matter of time i would guess i'm just about there just about there yeah like i i before i came here i was almost late because i was uh putting my drums back up uh unpacking them from the last show uh, husky moonliners did uh because i I'm like, that's what I'm going to do on my birthday. I'm going to set up my drums. Uh, I just got kind of the enough of the right gear to to properly mic up my drums in there. And I was just going to start toying. There's like, a, there's like a plethora now. You got, I think Kyle's got set up. I think Scott Anderson's got a set up. Owen's got a set up. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and those those are certainly more legit with people that know what they're doing and, you know, and that are, I just love that there's that people need to go to them. I'm not actually, I don't want to give anyone the impression that I'm opening a studio. Other people are going to come in. I'm just a, you know, a a selfish old guy who's going to have an enthusiast. Yeah. I'm going to sit out there and make demos and then, and then go to those guys for the real thing. Sure. I was this, the, 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 what the word enthusiast always reminds me. Do Do you know, Alan Partridge, the, uh, Steve Coogan movies, they're like English movies. He's like a radio show host. I don't think so. Well, he's he's a radio show host, and there's this one scene, and it's always funny. Like you're just catching the end of a, a Fleetwood Mac song, and he goes, "That was 1970s cocaine enthusiast Fleetwood Mac," and I just love that that was the way they introduced Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I, gosh, you came here, gave me time on your birthday. That's pretty awesome. I I feel honored. Uh, you know, sitting and talking about yourself for. However long. Well, I think we got another show on us maybe in a, in a couple sure. months when, you know, maybe maybe a Rototiller album has been recorded or a Absolutely. solo album is out there on, on people's uh, they're devices. Both, they're both going to happen. Super stoked. And I can't wait to see. I, I want to see live music again. I haven't seen anything since GMF 2020. I You know, I, I wanted to go see Have Gun at Ella's this weekend, but I couldn't. And, mm-hmm. um, this Saturday, do you know the Zoots? Have you ever seen the Zoots show at Crowbar? Mm-mm. So it's all these guys who went to University of Florida together. And it's literally like 30 different people and they just tag in and tag out, pass their guitars, pass their basses, drums, and it's all covers, but it's amazing. They do everything from Tom Petty to Metallica to Black Sabbath to Coolio to Snoop Dogg to Bismarcky. And they literally nice. play like the six hour set because of COVID Tom scaling it way back. It's like a hundred yeah. max thing, but I love that. You reminded me of that when you were telling me about that party at, you know, the studio, very similar oh, type of situation. Yeah. I miss yeah. those days. So live music. So hopefully I'll get to see you play in 2021. You will. You will. No doubt. We'll, we'll make some opportunities. I can't yeah. promise that you'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll make it happen. Thank you so much. Happy yeah. birthday. I hope you enjoy your Mexican Thanks. food. Thank you for coming by and hopefully it'll come back soon. It's my pleasure. I've been enjoying these.
Well, I appreciate. Oh, we didn't even talk about Orsini. We got to talk about Scott Orsini. He married my wife and I. He officiated our. So I think you might have asked me if I knew him when I came over that day, but then he's been messaging me. He's like, Do you know Scott? I was like, Yeah, actually. And so we actually talk about you all the time. So Scott's a good dude. He used to be absolutely. A, he used to be a pain in my fucking ass when I started because <laughs> he was an easy on younger attorneys, but mm-hmm. now, now uh, he's he's let I me into the that. club. So I can see that. Yeah. Now we just match tattoos to each other. He's central. I mean, he's, uh, I met my wife at his birthday party. It's all these little events, all these little events that kind of. That's how critical. Right. Those connections. Right. Good stuff. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. What's that? I was going to ask if you're, if you're, I didn't wear it today. Wearing the ring. I wore it this weekend. I didn't wear it. That's no wonder twin powers. Sorry. It's, it's more of my going out (laughs) ring than my running child support guidelines ring. So (laughs) in in any event. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you.